Hello and welcome to the Gospel Everyday Podcast, following along with the Mariner's Church Annual Read. There is unlimited grace for us today, no matter what happens, because of who Jesus is and what he has done. My name is John Thomas, and I'll be your host for today. Let's begin by reading from Proverbs chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. May your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer, may her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be intoxicated with her love. Why, my son, be intoxicated with another man's wife? Why embrace the bosom of a wayward woman? <laughs> Psalms 5, 18 through 20, a passage so great that we're reading it on back-to-back days. It's one of those passages that you kind of have to take a double take at. You know, it's the who spiked my Bible passage. Because often we think Christians, aren't they supposed to be the ones that are really sheepish and, and, and shy when it comes to talking about sex? Well, if you're newer to the Bible, you might be surprised to learn that actually the opposite is true. The Bible talks about sex a lot, and not just the trappings or the dangers of it, but of its beauty. In fact, the very first words out of the mouth of God to humans in Genesis 1.28 are, Be fruitful and multiply. This commandment comes pre-fall, meaning that our sexual nature is not a result of our fallen nature. It's a good gift and a design from the very beginning. You know, people often will complain about how the Bible just seems to be a a set of rules. Well, the first one is here in Genesis 1.28, and it's to have sex with your spouse. (laughs) This is super important to how we understand sex, that we were sexual before we were sinful. And while, yes, one of the functions of sex uh, is procreation, That's not all that the Bible has to say about it. I mean, see the book uh, Song of Solomon, and you'll read about the beauty of desire and pleasure. You know, some have looked at that book and have argued that it's got to be a form of of allegory for how God loves the church. But no, I mean, really, it's a straight-up love poem that was so erotic in some sense in its nature uh, that Orthodox Jew males, Jewish males, couldn't read it until they were 30 years old. Some have uh, commented that the Bible seems to have a a low view or an outdated view of, of sex, but really the opposite again is true. The Bible has an extremely high view of sex. Sex is good. It's a gift from God. It's powerful and so powerful, in fact, that the only container big enough to truly experience the fullness of it as God intended is within the confines of a lifelong commitment of marriage, one man, one woman fully devoted to each other. It's a kind of commitment that says, in word and in action, I trust you with all that I am. I give myself to you beyond passing emotions through joys and sorrows. I am yours. And we all long for that, don't we? Not just in marriage, but in all of our relationships. We know that true growth, true connection, true joy must be built on commitment. But in our instant gratification culture where We are discipled to avoid discomfort at all costs. We know how easy it is to jump ship when things get difficult. I mean, think about this in your relationships with your job, maybe the city that you live in. In all of these areas, areas, there is this script that plays out in one of two ways that we might call the stages of commitment. Let's pick one thing, for example, just uh, for fun. Let's say that you move to a new city and you find an amazing church. 
Stage one, there's excitement. This is the best church ever. You know, every sermon seems to be like the message is directly speaking to you. The worship is unbelievable, not to mention that they have the best coffee in town. I mean, you did it. You finally found the perfect church. Stage two, of course, disappointment. Something happens as it always does because surprise, there is no such thing as a perfect church. Maybe a group you join doesn't quite work out or the pastor forgets your your name. Yes, that happens. Uh, Whatever it is, uh, the illusion and the expectation of perfection is, is suddenly broken. So then we come to stage three, the decision stage. Will I detach or will I adjust? Will I make the decision to bail and likely repeat the cycle again somewhere else? Or will I right-size my expectations, push through the hard stuff so that I can get to stage four, which is sustaining health? Excitement, disappointment, decision stage. Now, of course, this doesn't mean that there are situations where we don't detach. Of course, this doesn't apply to abusive situations, but how quick are we to hit the eject button at the first sign of disappointment? Whenever I do a wedding, I'll often take a jab at the famous line from Jerry Maguire. You know that you complete me line? <laughs> it sounds nice, but it's simply not true. Any relationship that we look to outside of our relationship to God to complete us is just far too heavy of a burden, far too heavy of an expectation. Because the reality is, is there will be hurt. There will be disappointment. But it's in pushing through the difficulties where we experience true connection and intimacy. And marriage, as God intends it, really is the best place where that intimacy in mind, spirit, and in body can be fully experienced and expressed. The Kellers put it this way in today's writing, marriage brings growth that is impossible outside of the security of the bonded union because you cannot just walk away when things get difficult. It brings increased self-knowledge, emotional and spiritual growth, deep mutual information and support, and the distinct joy you can only have in the presence with whom you have been through thick and thin. This is why the Kellers go on to say that sex outside of marriage is to exchange true intimacy for its parity, meaning sex outside of a committed, bonded union of marriage is really a low view of sex. It's an imitation lacking true substance in the beauty that only marriage can hold. So as we continue on this conversation this week, and I know many questions or you're probably thinking through and you have many things that you want to want to address because this is an issue that's central for many of us our, our sexual natures our desires there it's a big deal and I think the church has for too long done a disservice to maybe not talk about it in really healthy and holistic ways that we often have the well just don't do it don't think about it until you finally can and turn that switch on and then we've seen the damage of that but see God cares about this aspect of our life. And so as we go through this week, I'd love to have you just think about a few questions. You know, God, where have I had too low of a view on sex? Single, married, doesn't matter. Where have I had too low of a view? Where have I allowed myself to cheapen its value? Where have I used it as a self-seeking commodity? Or where have I been hurt? Or where have I caused harm to others? And how can I begin to take steps in all of my relationships where I practice commitment and faithfulness? to the same level that you have with me. So God, we thank you for your grace in our lives. And I pray that as we look at this conversation this week, that you would lead us into truth, 
that you would lead us into grace. Amen. Go in his grace and go in his peace. Thanks so much for allowing us to be a part of your day. Please be sure to subscribe and share. You can tune in tomorrow for fresh new content. And remember, no matter what happens, there is unlimited grace for us today because of who Jesus is and what he has done. For questions about service times and more, you can access all information about Mariner's Church by downloading the Mariner's app at your favorite app store, visiting the website at marinerschurch.org, or by finding us on Instagram, Instagram handle Mariner's Church. Till next time, have a great day.